Thanks for listening to the Life Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about Life Church, visit lifechurchww.com. Asian parts. That's that's the message we are sharing through. Um, um, I have the privilege to uh, continue that that series, and uh, we, we, our theme scripture is, is from Jeremiah six sixteen. And if you don't mind, can we read the scripture together, all of us together? Let's start from the word this. Uh Uh-huh. One, two, three, go. This is what the Lord says. Stand at the crossroads and look. Ask for the ancient paths. Ask where the good way is and walk in it and you will find rest for your souls. But you said we will not walk in it. But Life Church will all have said we will walk in it. So, true story. Last week... um, uh, we were in Denver, Colorado. So on Saturday morning, uh, I've been on this health thing. I want to really get get okay with my health. So I said, I'll, I'll take a walk. I will walk um, uh, from our host, our, our pastors, they're called Bob and Sharon Wega. They were hosting us for that time. We were in Denver. And so I told them, you know what, I, I feel like I want to take a walk and, and just, you know, exercise, do some runs. So I walk out of the house and I say, so they direct me, if you take this road and, and walk this, this number of blocks, you, you'll be back in an hour. Well, all the roads there look the same. <laughs> Honestly. So three hours later... No phone, no GPS, no nothing. I'm trying. I knew the street name, I knew the house number, but I just couldn't find my way back. So then, uh, Pastor Sharon told Pastor Bob, "He's like, you know what? Let's go and check him out." He, it's like so. I was walking back the street numbers, uh, and then I I see their car coming. Like, here I am. <laughs> Between Dora and myself, uh, she, she would remember directions better than me. So I thought maybe I, this time, let me be the man. Let me grow up. <laughs> I lost my way. How many men will be honest and say, hmm, you've lost our way. Uh, I, I'm not, I, honestly, I'm not good with directions. The streets all look the same. Like, uh, and man, by the time, so... As I was walking, finding my way back, I find a lady. She's like, and you're like one hour away from where you're supposed to be uh, by walking. And so I, I tried to find my way back, but I couldn't find my way back. But I thank, I'm, I'm thankful for, for this series called Asian Paths because we get to walk back to the right way. So, so you've been going through the Ten Commandments, and I have the privilege of sharing one of the hardest commandments, and that is, you shall not commit adultery. Hmm. Okay, that's a big one. That's Exodus 20, verse 14. You shall, everyone say, you shall, tell your neighbor, you shall not commit adultery. <laughs> When I was a kid, I was like, what's adultery? Is it, is it adulting? Like, don't, don't get so old. <laughs> I didn't know what that was. And Jesus takes it a notch higher and says, you have heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery. But I tell you 
that anyone who looks, you know, after this verse, we're going to have an altar call. Anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already, oh my God, committed adultery with her in his heart. Okay. Without raising your hands, <laughs> how many have committed this? How many have broken this law this week? Oh, don't put up your hand. <laughs> this week, this morning. You know, when you think about the laws, sometimes you're like, ah, who will ever make it? The purpose of the law was one to, to preserve the seed of Israel to the moment when Jesus would show up, the one who will fulfill all the requirements of the law so that we would not have to fulfill the requirements of the law. Because if you broke even one of them, then you've broken all of them. But the other requirement of the law was really, it would be a signpost to show us without Jesus, we'll never be able to make it. And to point us to the Savior and say, Jesus, I can't make this. I can't, I can't do this on my own. I surrender to you. So in, in line of talking about uh, the pathway, uh, I believe that this points us to the pathway or the path of purity. Everyone say purity. Um, when I was growing up, hearing this word would, would wreck my, my heart. I'm like, oh. I'm the impure guy. I, I never wanted to hear the word purity because it's, you know, you know, you know it, it, it reminds you of all the mistakes you've made in the past. Um, my, my world, when I got saved at 14, but uh, I was in a boarding school and I, I got exposed to, to pornography. Uh, everyone knew that I was a Christian, so they didn't tell me um, Hey, this is this is what pornography. This, this this is how you access pornography. But um, I overheard my friends in the dormitory speaking about a certain website. So during the holiday, I was like, you know what? I need to try this thing out. So uh, how many remember internet cafes? Uh, so we went to an internet cafe and 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 you know accessed it, and uh, it becomes addictive, and you consume it. But you know what? I was already a Christian. I was already a believer. And I had this guilt in my life. I, I, uh, uh, like I, I was so overwhelmed by guilt. I was like, you know what? I have committed the unpardonable sin. And I need, I need to pay for my sins. I, I felt like I wanted to, not to kill myself, but at least to throw myself in front of a car. So that it would knock me and I'll feel the pain, or I would want to get like a pain and pierce myself, so I would feel the pain so that I'll be able to deal with it. But can I tell you something? You can never pay for your sins more than what Jesus Christ did for us on the cross. That is why I'm here to give us hope this morning, that regardless of what you've gone through, Stop running away. Stop trying to pay for your sins. Stop, stop uh, holding on to the guilt. Because some of us, like the guilt is like a clash. We, we like to enjoy walking with the guilt. Stop holding on to the guilt. And know that Jesus, Bible says that the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, I've come to give you life. And life more abundantly. 
I know what it means not to be free, and I know what it means to be in a circle. You, you want to break free from a habit, but you just cannot break through. You, you, you tell yourself, you speak to yourself and say, no, I'll break out of it. I'll find a way. I'll do this. I'll do that. But until Jesus intercepts your circle, you cannot get out of that. Praise the Lord. So even as we speak about this, it's not about condemnation. I'm here to be the signpost that tells you, hey, there's freedom. God can forgive you. And I feel so much for the Christians in, in, the, in, the, in the West especially because what, what you're going through is unimaginable. Uh, I mean, we have, we have problems, but you guys have your own problems. <laughs> yeah, um, uh, uh, Things like, um, like over, the over-sexualized media. I was watching a, a TV ad the other day of a truck, and it's a woman. I'm like, how does a woman connect to a truck? <laughs> you know, there are new ideas of sexuality and, and gender fluidity. Today I can be a man, tomorrow I'm not a man. Uh, uh, I was talking to a certain couple that migrated from Africa, and they said that when they had their kid... Uh, they, they told them that, you know, on the box they could choose whether it's a male or a female or that the kid has not yet decided. Hmm. How can the kid decide when they don't even know anything who is a man, who is a woman? How can a kid be able to decide? You know, watering down the value of covenant marriage and healthy homes. It is the agenda of the enemy. When the enemy wants to bring down a society, that's the area he touches. But I want to rally the church again that you must contend for that which is yours. You must contend for the truth that was once for all handed down to us. In the beginning, God created the man and the woman. That's it. No one, no one should tell you nada. Like no one should tell you nothing. Uh, you know, you can say American black, eh, you know, like the double negative. But we have we have our problems as well. We we you know, people ha- have not. It's it's the brokenness from the original sin. You know, people having multiple women, multiple, you know, they, they, don't all, they don't see marriage through the covenant. Um, when we go back, we, we're going to have the privilege of having 23 couples. Some of them pastors from our village churches sanctify their relationship because now the truth of God's word has come their way. And they're like, you know what? We need to make this right. Yesterday, we were looking at statistics, and Pastor Bob said that about 1.1 million children in, in, um, in Uganda have been uh, orphaned because of HIV AIDS. It, it's a real thing. The brokenness, you know, the enemy wants to, to distort the order of God. Once the order of God is distorted, he has a way through. And the order of God, how do we know the order of God? It's from the beginning. What did God do at the beginning 
the first wedding, how did it happen? Everything was from the beginning. But even in, in that pressure, Christians, I want to encourage you. Mothers, fathers, you know, trying to, you're trying to raise your children. I want to encourage you that God can make a breakthrough. The Bible says in Second Peter 2 that, but God rescued Lot out of Sodom because he was a righteous man who was sick of the shameful immorality of the wicked people around him. Yes, Lot was a righteous man who was tormented in his soul. And some of you feel the torment in your soul. By the wickedness he saw and had day after day. Every day he would hear men, laughing men. I was like, how did I end up in this place? So I'm going to share two big things, two big thoughts, and then we'll finish. One, why, why is purity a big deal to God? Why, why does God emphasize this idea of purity? Because I, I'll give you some ideas, some thoughts, and then um, they're not really ideas. They're this truth from God's word. One is that God did not create us to, for impurity, but for wholeness. God created us to be to, to be whole, and impurity brings a certain, a certain brokenness. It, 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 uh, uh, purity or, or um, holiness ha has a connotation of, of something which is complete and whole. But purity, impurity breaks that which God uh, put together at the very beginning. Bible says that uh, Paul was saying, I have, I have the right to do anything, you say, but not everything is beneficial. I, and you, saw, you see, that's the narrative of our world. They say, oh, I can do whatever I want to do with my world. I can do whatever I want to do with my body. Hmm. But, uh, but not everything is ben beneficial. I have the right to do anything, but I will not be mastered by anything. You know, sometimes what we call freedom is actually slavery. We are being mastered by it. You're like, oh, I, I can sleep with whoever I want. No, that's not freedom. It's slavery. Before we, before we became Christians, the Bible says that we, we had no right to choose whether to sin or not to sin. We were bound by, by sin. We were slaves of sin. How many remember those days? You, you, just, you just couldn't help yourself, but you find yourself in the same sin. Hmm. But God, when God made a way for us, we are now slaves to righteousness. Oh, we can, we can thank the Lord for that. We can clap to the Lord for that. Bible says that uh, you say food for the stomach and stomach for food and God will destroy them both. The body, however, is not meant for sexual morality, but for the Lord and the Lord for the body. This body, your body, it was made for God. And God like that's, that's the best way it works. That's what the scripture is trying to say. It will not work with other ideas. Secondly, God has placed a great value on you. You're valuable in the presence of God. The Bible says that even before we were born, God knew us. So, whichever way you came into this world, whether, you, whether your parents didn't plan for you, or whichever way you came into this world, you are valuable to God. And because you're valuable to God, God, God has, has placed a lot of value on you. He calls you the temple of the Holy Spirit. You see, in, in this city, in Walla Walla, you can do so many things in so many rooms. But this room has been set aside to be a sanctuary for God. You, you can play around with it. You can, 
I mean, Pastor Caleb can hold a soccer game here, I'm sure, for the, for the youth, but it's still a, a sacred room. It's a sacred place. Your body is a sacred place. It has, you carry the presence of God. And unfortunately, what the enemy does is he always causes us to look at our brokenness, at how unrighteous we feel we are, rather than looking at the treasure that is within. That's the presence of God. But Bible says that, don't you know that your bodies are members of Christ himself? Shall I then take the members of Christ and unite them with a prostitute? Never. Do you not know that he who unites himself with a prostitute is one with her in body? For it is said, the two will become one flesh. But whoever is united with the Lord is one with him in spirit. Thirdly, you know, why, why does God make a big deal about this? Because... Sexual impurity will affect your life more than any sin will. It's not a normal sin. Jesus died for every sin. But can I tell you something? This, the Bible describes it as a sin against your own body. You're, you're not like trying to affect someone else. No, you're, you're, you're just trying to do stuff on your own body. Oh, this quietness in the room. Don't intimidate me. <laughs> but this is serious. One of the reasons why we, we are the youngest nation in, you, in the world, one maybe after CAR, is we had a whole, almost a whole generation wiped out due to HIV AIDS. Um, my wife, uh, both her parents, uh, passed uh, when she was 11 and 14. It's real. It's what, you know, could that be the plan of God? No. It's the enemy sowing the seed. And if we, if we, if, if we don't see the negative part of this, if we don't see the fatherlessness that happens because uh, you have so many kids that have no fathers and uh, so many single mothers. I don't know how it is here, but in Africa you see so many uh, mothers with only their children because, because there's one man who has decided to have children with this one, that one, that one, and the other. My wife is uh, 25, number 25 of 30 children. Mother, in, in, with nine mothers, right? But I'm thankful for number 25. <laughs> grace upon grace. Yeah, five is the number of grace. So grace upon grace. But I want to tell you something. Each one of us can choose to say, uh, it can be different with me. It can be different with my family. In fact, um, the, the, my other thought there is that your purity will determine your destiny. God has great plans for your life. He has already laid it out for you. Have great plans for you. Plans to bring you hope and a future. But you see, if God is going to use us, it will take... Uh, we have the key to say, God... I'm, I'm willing for you to use me to this extent. Like Pastor Kara this morning was saying, there are people in this room that God is calling you into ministry. Uh, uh, some of you will be pastors. Some of you will be big businessmen, businesswomen. You raise wonderful children. You'll have a legacy of a great family after you. But you will take one person, one, one, one couple, one man, one woman who will say, you know what? I'm going to live and honor God with my life 
so that all the negative stories before me will be different. And you can choose that today. Praise the Lord. So how do we walk in purity? How do we keep our purity? I'll share a few things and then we'll finish. One is you need to be a coward. You need to run. <laughs> Sin is not one to play with. Run. <laughs> Bible says that Second Timothy 2.22 Flee the evil desires of your youth and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace along with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. You're not as strong as you think you are. <laughs> oh, me I'll handle it. I'm sure Pastor Caleb keeps kids asking, how far is too far? No, you're not as strong as you think you are. You know, I think about Billy Graham, um, how he put all the guards around him. Uh, he would, he, you know, he had a high court. He would, not, he would not travel anywhere. They would have to check his room. And you ask, you ask yourself, why are they doing all of that? Because he knew there was much at stake for his life and for his ministry. Until you realize how much is at stake for your life, you will begin to honor yourself. You will begin to walk honorably. You need to begin to see yourself and say, should anything happen with my life? A lot is at stake. My destiny, my children, my grandchildren, the ministry, everything God has invested in my life is at stake. Okay. We're almost there. Yeah, it's, you're, you're, the, you're my favorite uh, service, so I'll give you a bonus a point that I give, didn't give the other one. <laughs> Walking in the truth of his word. Because, it, it, because you're, there are so many ideas that float around, but the truth of this is the truth. Because the Bible says in Psalm 119, uh, verse 9, that how can a young person stay? Stay on the path of purity. How do I stay on that path? Then the psalmist answers, by living according to your word. Not ideas. No, don't say the podcast said this. No. Get into the word. Get the truth of God's word. Go into the word every day. Read it for yourself. Get the truth and grain in your heart. The psalmist continues to say that I've hidden your word in my heart that I may not sin against you. Praise the Lord. Um, the other thing that I thought that it's very important is, is to receive God's grace and empowerment to live in freedom. What do I mean? Um, you see, God forgives us. God, God has mercy on us. But he forgives us for, for what? Why? You know, I, there's a time when my prayer life was really about God forgive me. God forgive me. Hmm, that's not the relationship God wants us to have. It's not about God forgive me. God forgive me. Yes, we repent of our sin. But repentance literally means to turn around. There was a, a woman in John chapter 8 who was brought to Jesus. She was, Bible says she was caught in adultery, right in the act. And the, 
the punishment for that was they, they had to stone her to death. And then they brought, thankfully, hmm, thankfully they brought her to Jesus because she would be dead. So they bring her to Jesus and Jesus says, hey, whoever has known, you know, it's interesting, there was no man. Because if she was in adultery, probably there was a man and a woman. But the, where was the man? So she was brought to Jesus and and she, she, even her freedom was waiting on what, what would Jesus say. So she was brought to Jesus and Jesus tells the man that whoever has not committed any sin, let them be the first person to cast the stone on her. And the truth is, the world we live in would rather see us dead and see us meet Jesus. So they bring, bring her to the, bring her to the, to Jesus, and Jesus says, "Well, um, whoever has not committed any sin, let them be the first one to cast the stone." And as they do that, everyone was like, "Ah!" They begin to leave. All the men begin to disappear, and then later Jesus has, opens, lifts his head, and asks, uh, "Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you?" And she said, well, no, sir. No answer. And Jesus said, go now and live your life of sin. Just, no, Jesus first said, I don't condemn you, number one. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. There is no condemnation. That is grace. But that does not mean we stay in now, no condemnation. We live in the truth that says, go and live in your sin. Live the, your life of sin. And I, I believe that even as we are in this room, there are people, the reason you're still in this cycle, because I've been in it, I know what it means, is because you've You've not understood grace. Bible says that the kindness of God, don't you know that? Don't you realize that the patience of God, his kindness is meant to lead us to repentance. Repentance is God will be patient with you to turn. He's not going to bring out the stick right when you're in the middle of, of your repentance. So, what is God's invitation to us this morning? Is that your life can be different. So there are people in this room, you're walking in a sense of guilt of something that happened to you, what you did, or something, someone did it to you. I'm, going to, I'm not going to embarrass you, but Jesus knows who you are. And all of us with our eyes closed, I want you to, I want you to receive from God and say, God, I'm receiving your forgiveness. I want you to just whisper to God because he sees you. In fact, if, you, if, we, if we all in this room would just open up our, the, our hands before the Lord openly and say, God, I'm receiving your forgiveness. I don't want to walk in guilt anymore. I'm, I'm tired of walking in the, that which would bring me down. 
I receive your forgiveness. Father, I thank you because you are the loving God. You know each one of us in this room. You know the things that we've been through, Lord. You know the brokenness that this world has brought our way. But in the name of Jesus, we know that when we come to you, Lord, you forgive us of our sins. You forgive us and you heal us, Lord, as if we've never sinned, oh God. Lord, we receive that forgiveness today. And I wonder if there is any person in this room, you're here and you don't know Jesus. You, you know it in your heart. You walked into this room. You've never started a relationship with Jesus. So you started a relationship with Jesus and you walked away and you said, today I want to make it right with God. I want to start a new walk with God. I want to pray with you. Would you raise your hand if you're that kind of a person? I want to know if there's any person like that. You're saying, I want to make a decision to follow Jesus. I want to give my life to Jesus today. I've been far from him, but I want to open up my life to him. Would you raise your hand? I want to pray with you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for that hand. God is in this room. He, thank you for those hands. Several of you. Hmm. Oh. Oh, the forgiveness of God is in this room. Hmm. God, I thank you for those hands and several others that are in this room uh, saying, I want the kindness of God. I want to experience the kindness of God. I pray in the name of Jesus that even as we pray this prayer, they will experience you. They will experience your presence, your Holy Spirit right in their heart. All of us in this room, can we pray this prayer together and say, Dear Lord Jesus, I come to you today because I know you are good. Even when I'm not good, you remain good. And so today, Lord, I confess my sins to you. Please forgive me of all my sins. The ones I remember and the ones I don't remember. I give you my life today. Come and be the Lord of my life. From this day forward, in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the Life Church podcast. We want to help you on your journey of finding the life you were made for. Please visit lifechurchww.com to take your next step and connect with us.